You're listening to All the Books, a weekly show of recommendations and enthusiasm regarding the week's new book releases. This is episode 288, and today we are talking about books released this year that would make great gifts. I'm Liberty Hardy, here with Danica Ellis, and we're coming to you from bookriot.com. Danica! Hello! We're changing it up today. Yeah, it's exciting. It is. There are indeed some good books coming out in December. Mm-hmm. Which mm-hmm. it is today, December 1st, if you can believe it. Or, you know, if you're listening to this, I don't know what day it is, but the first day that you can listen to it, it is December 1st. <laughs> and uh, I think it's next week. Yeah, next week, Vanessa and I will be discussing a few of those. But today, mm-hmm. we are going to talk about gifts, because yes. books are the best gift, especially for yourself. But if you want to give them to other people, we have some great recommendations, some shiny, pretty things, uh, Trying to cover a little bit of everything for everybody, you know, not like very specific things, but just like covering everything. Um, it's going to be great. And uh, before we do that, Danica, how are you? I'm good. I'm excited because this is the first time, because I have a teaching contract now, this is the first time that I'm not working retail during Christmas. I'm going to have time off, and it is so exciting. <laughs> that is exciting. Because usually it's like the most stressful, busy time of year. And this time I get to just not work before Christmas for two weeks. And yeah, I don't even know what I'm going to do. Obviously, just read a lot. Read I mean, a lot. Yeah. What else are you going to do? <laughs> yeah. I, how are you? I, how are you doing? I'm good. I like you. I loved working the bookstore uh, at Christmas time. Mm-hmm. It was so busy. So busy. You know, and, and funny you know, those people that would mm-hmm. come in like five minutes before you close on Christmas Eve and ask you for like <laughs> three copies of the most popular book that had been sold out, you know, for six, yeah. six weeks. You're like, oh, sorry. But can I yeah. sell you this book about, you know, designer ice skates? And they'd be like, yes, I'll take it. I'll take five of those and ten of whatever else you have. You know, it's like, this will yeah. work. You wanted presidential memoirs? Here's a book fun. about ice skates, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Close enough. Yeah. But like, I'll take it. It was yeah, good. it was very exciting, but uh, I'm I'm looking forward to something a little more relaxing. And now I can do recommendations that aren't like specifically for one person's aunt. <laughs> Sometimes people came in at Christmas looking for recommendations for a person where they didn't know them very well, and I don't know them at all, but they had very strong opinions about what they wouldn't like. So that's always hard to do. <laughs> I have found I stopped working at the bookstore uh, five years ago now, I think. And I have found that my knowledge of gift books and like coffee table books and cookbooks has dropped a bit. Mm-hmm. Like I used to know all the most popular ones. And now like I have to work harder to like find out what's going on because mostly I'm just reading, you know, words, you know, fiction and nonfiction. Um, but I've got a bunch of great ones. You've got a bunch of great ones. We yeah. are going to hear about them uh, as soon as we hear from our first sponsor. Today's episode is brought to you by Song of the Silks Realms by Judy Eilin. 
Shi Wei is a talented young musician who was orphaned at a young age. Her sole family is a kindly uncle, but then her uncle is killed and she is, of course, devastated. With no family and no patron, Shi Wei is facing the possibility of a lifetime of servitude playing the chin. Then one night, she is unexpectedly called to perform for the enigmatic Duke Meng. He surprises Shi Wei further with an irresistible offer. Serve as a musician in residence at his manor for one year and he'll set her free of her indenture. But the Duke's motives become increasingly more sus when he and Shi Wei barely survive an attack by a nightmarish monster. It's like, what, <laughs> what's going on here? So this book is a sweeping epic romanticy that follows a talented young musician who is swept away to the celestial realm by an enigmatic young Duke. And who doesn't want to be swept away to the celestial realm by an enigmatic young Duke? She's living all our dreams, honestly. Make sure to check out the new book. And thanks again to Song of the Six Realms by Judy Eileen for sponsoring this episode. Today's episode is brought to you by Underlined. Haven't read a Natasha Preston thriller yet? We dare you to try. She's known for her line of chilling young adult suspense novels like The Cellar and The Fear. The New York Times and USA Today bestselling author excels at putting fear into the hearts of her readers. So her newest book titled The Dare is about five friends whose senior prank goes very, very wrong. This is the perfect graduation season read for thriller fans who can handle a good scare. The Dare is now available wherever books are sold. You can learn more about it at getunderlined.com. So again, this young adult thriller is about five friends with a prank that goes wrong. There are dark secrets, a twisty plot, and creepy I know what you did last summer vibes. So if you, you know, it's graduation season, you want to revel in that, but like make it scary. You know what I mean? Pick up The Dare by Natasha Preston. And thanks again to Underline for sponsoring this episode. Okay, so I'm starting with something easy and cute uh, that will appeal to a lot of people out there, young and old. It is The Art of Ramona Quimby, 65 Years of Illustrations from Beverly Cleary's Beloved Books by Anna Katz, with contributions from Annie Burroughs and Jacqueline Rogers. Now, if you don't know the Ramona Quimby books... She is this rascally young girl. The books have started in 1955. That's when the first one came out. Uh, and the last one came out in 1999. There's eight books in the series. Ramona has an older sister, Beezus, and a friend, Henry. And she's just awesome. She's just she's just the greatest. There have been like several series and a movie. The series itself has sold over 50 million copies which is wild. And in the span of its 65 years, there have been five different artists who have illustrated these books. And first of all, uh, a little aside, Beverly Cleary is 104 years old now. Like, she's she's still around. 104. Like, unfathomable. Amazing. Anyway, back to the books. So five different artists have worked on the series at different times. And you can see in this book multiple versions of the artwork for, like, a specific incident in the book. Uh, and you can see, like, the different takes on it. And it also includes essays from Jacqueline Rogers, who is one of the artists who has worked on the books, as well as Annie Barrows, who is an author. Uh, you might know Ivy and Bean. She also co-authored the Guernsey Literary and Potato Peel Society novel. And it's just so cute. I love Ramona. I keep meaning to read them again. 
Uh, and I haven't gotten around to it, but hopefully someday. So this is The Art of Ramona Quimby, 65 Years of Illustrations from Beverly Cleary's Beloved Books by Anna Katz. That sounds so good. The bookstore that I worked at was a used bookstore, and I ran the kids' department. So I got to see all of the different covers of the Ramona Quimby books, and they have definitely changed a lot over the years. So it would be cool to get like the backstory of that. That's so fun. Well, my first pick is Nothing Much Happens, Cozy and Calming Stories to Soothe Your Mind and Help You to Sleep by Catherine Nikolai. And this is from the podcast Nothing Much Happens, which I have been listening to, and it is such a lovely thing to fall asleep to. She writes and tells these very comforting little stories that are basically vignettes of a cozy, happy life. So it'll be about visiting the beach or going to the bookstore or a bakery that you run and you are sampling different recipes. So it's all of these stories that aren't really ones with a plot. They're more just a cozy, soft place for you to rest your mind before you actually go to sleep. So this would be a great pick if you try to read to relax before bed and then you just stay up reading all night. These are stories that are designed to let you fall asleep, to put them down and actually go to bed. And I'm excited about the idea of this in a book version, and it would be such a great gift for friends or family who are maybe a little high strung or stressed or have trouble falling asleep. And I'm sure that none of us can relate to that this year. This includes new stories and illustrations, so it works whether they've listened to the podcast or not. It's also just a really pretty book to have on your nightstand. It's got a real bookstagram look to it, so it's a beautiful thing to gift. And again, that is Nothing Much Happens by Catherine Nikolai. My next pick is probably the biggest food memoir of the year, but also just an amazing memoir, even if you're not a foodie. It is Eat a Peach, a memoir by David Chang. Chang is a chef. He is the creator of Momofuku, which is a noodle bar that opened uh, with very, very small beginnings in 2004 in New York and grew into this huge, huge enterprise. And this is David Chang's story of how he grew up the youngest son of a deeply religious Korean-American family in Virginia. Uh, he went to college, and then he was kind of restless after. He was also suffering from depression, uh, and he went to Japan where he was teaching English, and he came upon this idea that food was what he wanted to do. And he came back to the States, and he opened this restaurant that was wildly successful, serving like these pork buns and noodles. And... Even then, he was having a hard time accepting his success. It says here that you know he wrestled with his lifelong feelings of otherness and inadequacy, and this book explores the mental illness that almost killed him. There is you know content warnings for discussion of mental illness and um, depression. Uh, he also talks about you know, what it is to be in this industry. It's it's so competitive and also like brutal at times. Um, and but there's like. A chapter in the back that's like 33 rules for becoming a chef and he's just so human and kind and it's just an amazing book it's called eat a peach a memoir by david chang 
My next pick is a bit of a cheat because I have already told you about this on a previous episode of this podcast, but I had to talk about it in the gift guide because it would make such a good gift. And that is Homecoming Tales, 15 Inspiring Stories from Old Friends Senior Dog Sanctuary. And if you haven't heard of Old Friends Senior Dog Sanctuary, just Google it, look at their social media, you get to look at adorable pictures of senior dogs, and I think there's still a live cam so you can just hang out with these adorable dogs if you want to. This is a collection of illustrations and stories about different senior dogs who have gone through the sanctuary, who found their forever homes. It is so cute and heartwarming. So even though these are all rescues and some of them came from quite harsh situations, they don't go into any depth with that. It is only mentioned in the lightest possible way. So this would actually work really well to give to kids as well. And it is just overwhelmingly cute from the illustrations to the vocabulary. So it defines things like boop. And it is, like I said, very kid friendly. So if you have a dog lover in your life, whether they are 10 or an adult, I think that they would appreciate this book, and even more so because it benefits a great cause. The Old Friends Senior Dog Sanctuary is looking to expand and be able to rescue even more dogs and keep them in the sanctuary on the site. So you can feel good about buying a copy or maybe buying a stack for the different dog lovers in your life. And again, that one is called Homecoming Tales, 15 Inspiring Stories from Old Friends Senior Dog Sanctuary. That reminds me of a Sarah Anderson comic I saw today, which is called Aging Millennial Humor. And it has a picture of this elderly woman and... She's like, a doggo, a heckin' good pupper, 1310, good boy. And this guy comes over and goes, don't worry, no one understands what she's saying. And the woman says, could be a good friend. <laughs> and I just think it's so funny because that's how like me and most of my friends talk now. A heckin' good pupper. Yeah, exactly. You have to. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, oh, Speaking of not heckin' good puppers, did you see, I don't know if you follow Mary Laura Philpot on Instagram, but her dog no. ate a bar of dark chocolate for Thanksgiving, and so oh, no. she was like, puppies for stomach pumping. Her oh, dog's name God. is Eleanor Roosevelt, and she's okay, but, you know, you think oh, you hide these nightmare. things from them, and it's just amazing. Yeah. So every, yeah, it was a happy <laughs> ending. So, oh, good. <laughs> moving on, something completely different. My next book is a coffee table photo book called Rainbow Revolution by Magnus Hastings. It just came out last week, and it celebrates the expanding spectrum of queer identity and visibility. There are 300 portraits of members of the LGBTQIA plus community, and basically they can take their photo however they wanted. The only thing was that it was like a white, they're in a white box. Magnus Hastings gave them this white box to be in, kind of like... Oh, all my references are so old, but kind of like the Tori Amos Little Earthquakes cover. Like it's a big white box and they can decorate it however they want. Uh, and so they're just these vibrant, colorful photos. Um, some of them are funny. Some of them are sweet. Some of them are racy. Some of them are political. Some of them are all of these things. And they're just beautiful. It is called Rainbow Revolution 
by Magnus Hastings. That sounds amazing. I haven't heard of that one. It just just came out. I just saw it uh, last week. I said, how many times can I say just? Just, 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 just. Um, (laughs) I saw it a few days ago and I was like, oh, amazing. Yeah, that sounds great. My next pick is Braiding Sweetgrass, Indigenous Wisdom, Scientific Knowledge, and the Teachings of Plants by Robin Well Kimmerer. This is a beloved book. You've likely already heard it recommended, I'm sure, in many places on Book Riot. But this year, it was re-released in this beautiful, collectible hardcover edition. It has a new introduction and illustrations. And this would work even if the recipient already has a softcover, because it is so pretty. has a ribbon bookmark, deckled edges, new illustrations, like I've said. If you're not familiar with this book, the author is an indigenous botanist who blends together these two lenses to discuss nature and our place in it. This is just such a beloved book. When I worked at the bookstore, it was one of the ones that people came in for the most often and people come back to over and over. So this would make a great gift for a nature lover on your list. It's a book you can read cover to cover or just pick it up and read an essay at a time. It would make for a great coffee table book so people can just flip through it and read little bits of it when we can, you know, have people over and flipping through our books again. So again, that is Braiding Sweetgrass, the new hardcover edition by Robin Wall Kimmerer. I love coffee table books. I have so many of them. And they're so big and heavy. And (laughs) all of my shelves are like, Bent in the middle. I mean, when I was yeah. a little kid, my mom worked at a library and she worked at a bookstore and I loved shelving the coffee table books, even though I could only carry like two at a time because they were so big <laughs> and I was so small. But I was like, I'm going to have all these coffee table books. And now like I buy them and I'm just like, pretty. And then they sit in these huge stacks upstairs and then I'm like, yeah. they're, they're going to sink the house. But they're just so much fun to have. I, I love them. Including yeah, exactly. my next pick, which is... Chinatown Pretty, Fashion and Wisdom from Chinatown's Most Stylish Seniors by Andrea Lowe and Valerie Liu. Lowe and Liu have been interviewing and photographing Chinatown's most fashionable elders on their blog and Instagram, Chinatown Pretty, since 2014. These photos span Chinatowns in San Francisco, Oakland, Los Angeles, Chicago, New York City, and Vancouver. And it's just these amazing photos of Day's grandmother's and grandfathers who are so cute and they just look amazing and it's like a it says the style is a mix of modern and vintage high and low handmade and store-bought clothing and it is a celebration of chinese american culture active old age and creative style they're just great photos and i haven't looked at the blog but i plan to do that tonight after we finish recording because it sounds incredible too so that is chinatown pretty fashion and wisdom from chinatown's most stylish seniors from andrea lowe and valerie Liu. i usually have no interest in fashion but something like that sounds amazing maybe i'm just into senior fashion because <laughs> they seem to have it figured out seem it's pretty cool dress it's pretty cool. When I was when I was young, speaking of my mom working at the bookstore, when I was young, the big book was When I Am Old I Shall Wear Purple. It was like this book of oh, senior yeah. wisdom. And I was always like, When I am old, I shall wear purple hair. <laughs> my mom's like, Okay, whatever. 
Exactly. Okay, my next pick is a cookbook. It's called Living Lively, 80 Plant-Based Recipes to Activate Your Power and Feed Your Potential by Haley Thomas. This is a vegan cookbook, and Haley Thomas is a 19-year-old black nutrition coach and activist who began studying nutrition to help her father treat his type 2 diabetes. This contains plenty of recipes that I am eager to try, like the potachos, potachos, it's potato nachos with green chili cheese sauce, but it also comes from a holistic and social justice perspective. If I'm being honest, I am more of a junk food vegan, but I love picking up cookbooks like this in an aspirational sense. I really want to be the kind of person who makes food like this all the time, but I definitely want to try at least some of these recipes. It's also part cookbook, part self-help workbook. And veganism tends to still be a very white movement. So I'm excited to see more Black authored cookbooks coming out. And also plant-based has become a bit of a health trend anyway. So I think this would work as a gift even for non-vegans because a lot more people are embracing eating plant-based at least part of the time. And I think this would be especially appealing for aspiring teen cooks because the author is 19. So that is, again, Living Lively, 80 Plant-Based Recipes to Activate Your Power and Feed Your Potential by Haley Thomas. You're so wise. You're like, these books would be good for these readers and these books. (laughs) And I'm like, books pretty (laughs) you know (laughs) somebody somebody get them (laughs) too speaking of pretty my next pick is flower exploring the world in bloom by the faden editors i love faden books they make the most incredible art books i think half the coffee table books i have in my house are faden books when i was a little kid i was like i want to work for faden (laughs) and i don't even think i knew how to spell it properly but i just loved their books and this is a new coffee table book in their Explorer series. This one looks at flowers and floral motifs in art throughout history, from a thousand-year-old gold ornament with flowers on it to Van Gogh's sunflowers, possibly the most famous floral image in all of art history, I think. Uh, also, the you know famous photograph of the Vietnam War protest where a protester is putting a daisy in the barrel of a gun, and Andy Warhol's Technicolor silkscreens prints, just flowers everywhere in all kinds of mediums. It's absolutely gorgeous. It is called Flower Exploring the World in Bloom by the editors of Faden. And that brings us to our next sponsor. Today's episode is brought to you by Flatiron Books, publisher of 888 Love and the Divine Burden of Numbers by Abraham Chang. So this is an interesting love story. It's great for fans of Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow and High Fidelity. It's set in the mid-90s at NYU. And it follows young Wang, who has gotten the advice of love through Chinese numerology from his uncle. So he believes that he will have seven great loves in his life. And then he meets Irena in 95 And she's like the best. She's brilliant, charismatic, quick-witted, funny. They fall in love. 
But the thing is, she's number six. So if he is to have seven great loves, does that mean his time with Arena is going to come to an end? So this is a love letter to Western pop culture, Eastern traditions, and being a first-generation New Yorker. Make sure to check it out. And thanks again to Flatiron Books, publisher of 888 Love and the Divine Burden of Numbers by Abraham Chang for sponsoring this episode. Today's episode is brought to you by Greenleaf Book Group. No summer vacation should be without a great read. And I don't know about you, but I am partial to mysteries and thrillers for my hot month reads. It's hot girl reading summer always over here. And from the award-winning librettist of Legally Blonde, the musical and the screenwriter of Freaky Friday, Heather Hawk, comes the page-turning psychological thriller, The Trouble with Drowning. So when author Eden Hart floats into Tucson's Antigone books and all her dazzling perfection to give a reading, Kat, a struggling writer, can't help but compare herself. Thankfully, Kat's life starts to take on its own Eden-like glow when her literary future takes shape and she falls madly in love with Jacob. As demons from her past begin to surface, Kat's mental health craters and this halcyon dream slips through her fingers. For the fastest-paced slow burn you won't be able to put down, be sure to check out The Trouble with Drowning by Heather Hawk on Amazon or your retailer of choice. And thanks again to Greenleaf Book Group for sponsoring this episode. Okay, Danica, what do you have next? Yes, I have one that's worth gifting for the name alone, and that is The Savage Beard of She-Dwarf by Kyle Latino. And I am an amateur Dungeons & Dragons player, but I especially love graphic novels that go for a humorous take on the D&D-style fantasy setting. So shout out to the Adventure Zone comics, which are always highlights of my reading life. But this is a YA graphic novel about She-Dwarf, who believes that she is the last dwarf in existence, and she partners with a war barbarian called Hack Battler to go looking for the lost dwarf city of Damarung. And along the way, they have to fight all kinds of monsters, get into lots of adventures, and one of the monsters they have to fight is called a Shork. It's a shark orc. So obviously this is going to be a great pick for fans of D&D style fantasy and general ridiculousness. So if you have a D&D group, maybe you should just give everyone one of these. So that's The Savage Beard of She-Dwarf by Kyle Latino. It was really hard to pick books, as it always is for me. I have a hard time narrowing lists down. So I have a bit of a twofer in the history department for you right now. The first being Cast, The Origins of Our Discontents by Isabel Wilkerson. Wilkerson is the Pulitzer Prize winning author of Warmth of Other Suns about the Great Migration from several years ago. It was very exciting that she had a new book come out this year. Uh, And the blurb calls it the about It's about the unspoken caste system that has shaped America and shows how our lives today are still defined by a hierarchy of human divisions. It shows how caste systems in America affect mental and physical health, life expectancy, culture, politics, and more. And for the history buffs in your family who like the World War II era history, um, there's you know never a shortage of these books. Eric Larson, also a a famous author who had a huge hit with Devil in the White City and a few other books, had a new one come out at the beginning of this year called The Splendid and the Vile, a saga of Churchill, family, and defiance during the Blitz by 
Eric, I'm saying, I'm saying by Eric Larson, like I didn't just say his name already. Um, and this is about how, uh, starting with Winston Churchill's first day as prime minister, which is when Adolf Hitler invaded Holland and Belgium, and following the next 12 months in which, you know, he he fought against Germany and also tried to convince President Roosevelt to help join the fight. Uh, and it also includes day-to-day experiences of Churchill and his family while all this is going on, like an intimate look at his family, including his rebellious youngest daughter, uh, his son, his son's wife, and her American lover. So this is The Splendid and the Vile, a saga of Churchill, family, and defiance during the Blitz by Eric Larson. The other was cast the origins of our discontents by isabel wilkerson one of the things that i miss most about working at the bookstore was being able to discover picture books new picture books all the time and one of the picture books that i think looks like one of the best uh, gift giving possibilities this year is we are water protectors written by carol lindstrom and illustrated by michaela goad This is a picture book about a young girl and her tribe standing up to protect the water from a black snake, which represents oil pipelines. It explains how much humans rely on water and how important it is for all life forms. And it asks the reader to pledge to protect nature and the water. And there's an actual pledge in the back of the book that you can sign. The author is Ojibwe and the illustrator is Tlingit. And these have beautiful illustrations. And because this is inspired by real life indigenous nations that have fought back against oil pipelines, this would be a great way to start conversations around environmentalism, capitalism, even treaties. So if you're looking for a beautiful picture book with a powerful environmental message, try We Are the Water Protectors, written by Carol Lindstrom and illustrated by Michaela Goad. At the top of my list of books to buy that are coming out today is Black Futures by Kimberly Drew and Jenna Wortham. It is a collection of work, including images, photos, essays, memes, dialogues, recipes, tweets, poetry, and more. It says readers will go from conversations with activists and academics to memes and Instagram posts, from powerful essays to dazzling paintings and insightful infographics. It is work that black creators are making today that answers the question of what it means to be black and alive. I've heard nothing but great things about this book. I can't wait to pick it up. I'm actually headed to print a bookstore, which I have not been to in almost a year because of the pandemic, um, doing this like curbside pickup. Finally going to do that for like the first time. I'm pretty excited. It's like it's like a book takeout restaurant, really. You just like drive up and and get some books. It sounds awesome. So this is at the top of my list. It is called Black Futures by Kimberly Drew and Jenna Wortham. Sounds great. I would love to go for a little book trip. I think we can all use a little bit of time out of the house for a good reason right now. Yeah. My next pick is another picture book, and it is I Am Every Good Thing by Derek Barnes and Gordon C. James. And this is a picture book featuring a confident black boy. And again, this has beautiful illustrations. It's told in a poem format where the narrator exclaims all the things he is, including I am a go-getter, a difference maker, a leader. I am worthy of success, of respect, of safety, of kindness, of happiness. It also includes more metaphorical language, like I am the celebration, the applause, and the standing ovation. I am victory, which means that it would be good even for kids on the higher 
end of picture books who are a little older than the easier picture books, but I think even younger kids would still enjoy it for all the illustrations and for the more obvious affirmations in there. This is a beautiful and affirming book that should be in any picture book collection, but especially for young black boys, and that is I Am Every Good Thing by Derek Barnes and Gordon C. James. My next pick is for the wine lovers in your life because the esteemed Sotheby's Wine Encyclopedia has now been updated uh, for the first time in 10 years. This is the new Sotheby's Wine Encyclopedia by Tom Stevenson. It is 800 pages long with 400 images and 100 brand new National Geographic maps. And it's written by experts around the globe and includes information on flavor notes, vineyard profiles, tasting room guides, grape know-how, and special information on unique varietals. It says it also features top wines organized by maker and year, a troubleshooter's guide to potential wine faults. I love that. That's your fault, wine. Um, A taste chart to help identify flavors, up-and-coming producers, unusual wines, food pairings, and more. So it covers wine from 500 million BC up to today and has thousands of recommendations. It is the new Sotheby's Wine Encyclopedia by Tom Stevenson. My next pick is called All Boys Aren't Blue by George M. Johnson. This is a collection of personal essays for a YA audience that explores George M. Johnson growing up as a queer black man in the U.S. This should be in every high school library and available for any queer teens of color because its depiction of gender sexuality and their intersection with race is something that has been hugely underrepresented, not just in YA nonfiction, but in any genre, really. I wish we had a lot more books like this. This is part memoir, part guidebook, and it's the kind of book that is life-changing for the right person. I definitely follow several people online who this had a huge impact on and who are very grateful that it came out. It tackles difficult subject matter, but it has an uplifting tone. This would be especially powerful for queer teens of color, but it would be great for anyone who's interested in reading about gender, sexuality, and race. I think everyone would be able to find something valuable in this book. And again, that is All Boys Aren't Blue by George M. Johnson. My last pick today is Reclaimed Rust, The Four-Wheeled Creations of James Hetfield by James Hetfield. This is extremely a Liberty Wheelhouse book. No car joke, pun intended. Uh, It is uh, James Hetfield. Name probably sounds familiar. He is the frontman of Metallica, who've been rocking for almost 40 years now. One of my very favorite bands. And one of my other favorite things are cars. I love old cars. And James Hetfield has a lifelong passion for restoring and customizing classic cars. He turns them into just these gorgeous works of art. And this is a specially commissioned book of photography of those cars and Hatfield talks about like how he found them how they came into creation they show you photos sometimes of like this rust bucket just sitting in the weeds in this junkyard and he takes it and he takes it to his mechanic and he says this is what I want and they turn them into these works of art and the photos are very cool um, the it's just like a car against a stark black background and like all the details really pop and I just absolutely love this book. So if you have someone in your life who's a Metallica fan and or a car fan, it's really cool. They had a showing at the museum 
in California this year, but I don't know if it still went ahead because they were supposed to have all the cars on display ahead of the release of the book. Um, but if you're in California and it's still around next year, it might be worth checking out. So this is Reclaimed Rust, The Four-Wheeled Creations of James Hetfield by James Hetfield. My last pick is a book from the Pocket Change Collective series. It's called Beyond the Gender Binary, written by Alok Ved Menen and illustrated by Ashley Lukashevsky. The Pocket Change Collective is a fantastic series that each tackles a different social justice issue in a short, easy to read, but powerful book. This one is obviously about being non-binary. The author is a gender non-conforming spoken word poet. And whether you're introducing someone to the concept of non-binary genders or you're giving it to someone who is already immersed in gender expansive ideas, everyone will find something to think about here. It's a tiny book, just 64 pages, so it's not too intimidating for someone who wants to learn but doesn't know where to start. It would make for a really good stocking stuffer because it is a smaller size book. It's got lots of great illustrations and you could even mix and match a few different pocket change titles depending on who you're gifting them to. You could probably stick at least two or three in a stocking. So again, that is Beyond the Gender Binary by Alok Vadmanen and Ashley Lukashevsky. That reminded me, thank you, I needed to write this down, I just learned, Bloomsbury does, they do these books called Object Lessons, which is like, here's the history of the sky, and here's the history of paper, and here's, and I just learned that they're doing one next year about stickers, and I was like, I need to write this down, because stickers are my other favorite thing, Metallica, cars, and stickers, and books. (laughs) Basically, I'm exactly the same as I was when I was a child, and it's great. If this is like my midlife crisis, (laughs) like... It's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but, just got it right the first time. <laughs> yeah, I'm really excited about the sticker book, so I had to write that down. So those are the very cool books that we chose to share with you about gifts. Danica, what are you going to read next? I'm going to read This Is How We Fly by Anna Marino, and this is a YA book. It's set between the summer after high school and before college, where she joins an all-genders Quidditch team, and I know this one is supposed to be queer, and I believe that there are trans and non-binary characters, and it's got to have been hard to have written that before the J.K. Rowling comments, but it came with an informational pamphlet that was very clear that this is a trans-affirming Quidditch book, so I am very excited about it. All right. Um, I like those sort of reading coincidences that you experience in your life as a reader. For instance, the other day I had to part ways with an Iron Maiden t-shirt that was very near and dear to me, mostly because When I was at BEA in Chicago several years ago, I was at the art museum and I sat and looked at the Francis Bacon painting they had there for like two hours, just sat at the bench, sat on the bench and like stared at it for two hours. And finally, the guard came over and I was like, I'm in trouble. I have to leave. Right. And the guard said, excuse me, ma'am, but your shirt is so disgusting. And I was I just laughed so hard because it is disgusting. It was this guy getting his brain scooped out and, you know, heavy metal rock and roll. (laughs) But I just I mean. I should have been offended, but I just laughed so hard, and I was thinking about that, and it's just falling apart. So I had to throw it out the other day, and I swear to you, like, 10 minutes after I ditched that shirt, I got an email from the publisher saying that they had a copy of 
the new 900-page Francis Bacon biography that's coming out next year for me. And I was like, yes, please. I love Francis Bacon. Terribly problematic painter. Artwork, absolutely amazing. I have a picture of him in my wallet. I have a picture of anybody else in my wallet. Just Francis Bacon. Um, And it's so funny because everyone's like, what are you reading this week? And I was like, biography of Francis Bacon. And they're like, oh, yeah. I'm like, no, not the writer. They're like, oh, I'm very sorry to disappoint you. But this is Francis Bacon Revelations by Mark Stevens and Annalyn Swan. Uh, they have been working on this book for 10 years. 10 years. 900 wow. pages. So comes out in March. Very exciting. And that is all for today. So many incredible books. I've already added some more to my list of things that I want to get. Thank you to our sponsors. Thank you to our sound editor, J.R. Baker. You can drop us a line at allthebooks at bookriot.com if you want to talk about Cars or Francis Bacon or Iron Maiden, Metallica, you name it, I'll talk about it. Uh, you can also find us online. Danica hangs out on Twitter at lesbray. That's L-E-S-B-R-A-R-Y. I mostly hang out on Instagram at friends and comes alive. And if you would like to give us a treat, you can go to Apple Podcasts and leave a rating or review. It helps other book lovers to find us. And as much as we would love to tell you about more books today, we just don't have the time. But you can read about more titles out now in the show notes at bookriot.com slash all the books, as well as find a link to our weekly new books newsletter. And in the meantime, happy Happy reading. reading.